Well, my name is Roy Neal, and over many years I've had the privilege and the opportunity to interview probably hundreds of competitors at many different types of motorcycling events. But today for me is, uh, is very special because I'm joined by three incredibly talented competitors and a team manager who together have achieved a first in Irish motorsport. Representing Team Ireland at the European Quad Cross of Nations, held very recently in Dardogne, Guignon in central France, they just went and won this very prestigious annual team event outright to become the top quad racing nation in Europe and possibly the world. So I'm delighted to welcome into the studio, uh, representing uh, Team Quad Ireland, the competitors, Justin Reid, uh, Mark McLaren, Dean Dillon, and of course, the team manager, Gordon Gilchrist. And I thought perhaps uh, to help kickstart our podcast and help set the scene, uh, I would ask each one of you just to say in one or, or two words how it now feels after a few weeks to have achieved this fantastic result. Dean. Um, yeah, sort of as soon as it happened, it was uh, sort of celebration straight away after the last race. We all couldn't really believe it. Um, such an achievement. And then sort of all just packed up and started driving home so it didn't it didn't really set in we sort of got a few hours up the road and was just chatting with my dad and we're like did that really just happen or have we actually yeah. just won this thing and then even for maybe a week or two after I just kept thinking back over the weekend and it was the same thing I couldn't it couldn't like get it to set in yeah. that we actually went and won it but yeah looking back on it now it's it's pretty surreal that, you know, the three of us and with the help of Gordy and we just went over and got the job done. So, unreal. Absolutely. Unreal. Unreal. That's a, that's a good one. And Justin, you've been involved and you've been at the event uh, quite, a, quite a few times now. Uh, just a, a brief reflection now. Has it, has it all settled in yet for you? I think it has. We had, we had our first prize giving um, at the weekend since the event so it's uh, yeah it was pretty unbelievable and uh, it's it's good it's, it's sinking in now it we'll obviously expand on that a little bit more as we go through and, and Gordon as as team manager as team manager uh, uh, obviously and you have been team manager for a few years what what are your initial uh, few few thoughts now that the uh, the event is has passed a few days just unbelievable what we've done on how we got there and the number of years we went we should have had it before but this time we done the job unbelievable unbelievable is a good is a good word and, and mark uh, uh what what are your thoughts now after having achieved you've been at the event a number of years as well you've been competing at the event a number of years but uh, never won it outright so what are your initial thoughts now i'm sure to get a, a fam gold medal is it's pretty special yep. and yeah was, we had a fantastic whole the whole week that we were away with as a team we it was a brilliant week and it was good yeah fim indeed is the important word because this is an fim event and for those listening fim is the federation international motorcyclist and that is the governing body of world uh, motorcycling and off-road sports so it is absolutely the top the top medal you can get Maybe, Gordon, to, to go right back to the start uh, of this whole process, uh, you as team manager, initially it's your job to uh, decide on team selection, but uh, for someone who knows uh, and has watched quad racing for a few years, I don't think your selection somehow this year might have been all that difficult. No, 
<laughs> very easy picked this last couple of years. Uh, I took a chance on the youngest member, Dean, on the first last year, uh, 2019. 19. And took a chance on taking Dean. His mum wasn't happy, but <laughs> I said I was taking him <laughs> because I'd watched him race and he was the best improved rider here on across the water for the tick with Justin and Mark that had been there a few times before. You mentioned there uh, watching, and, uh, and is that the key to it as a, as a team manager? Obviously been at the events and, and, and just watching what happened. Uh, the boys here compete uh, in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, compete in England, but uh, I guess maybe what you said there uh, sort of sprung my imagination that watching is the, is the key to it. Watching's the key to it, uh, how he performs, how he does, controls his bike, how he makes his jumps, how he makes his starts, how he follows the other competitors, how he makes his passes. And, and so that for the team then, that, that was the basic selection. You then had to take that selection to the MCUI, Motorcycle Union of Ireland Motocross uh, Commission, and then they have to approve it. But again, I don't think you would have much problem there. The MCUI Motocross Commission is made up of the governing bodies in the north of Ireland, which is the Motorcycle Racing Association, and then in the south of Ireland, it's Motorcycling Ireland. They meet together, and then they hopefully, uh, without any changes, ratify your decision or selection. Agree with it, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and was that uh, hard to do this year? Again, I, I, no. uh, without prompting your, your answer, I, I don't think it would have been a big task. No, it wasn't a big task this year. As far as the two governing bodies are concerned then, Gordon, uh, uh, you get a bit of assistance obviously from uh, Motorcycle Racing Association and uh, also Motorcycling Ireland. That goes some way to helping uh, with the uh, travel costs, I guess, but also as well as having the MRA and MCI and their contributions, surely there must also be a requirement for outside sponsors and their input. We need a lot of outside sponsors according to how far we're travelling and how much it's going to be. So we need to get a lot of finance for to make the journey available to get there. So we were speaking just about the private sponsorship. We mentioned the governing body sponsorship, uh, but uh, also then uh, uh, the governing bodies, the Motorcycle Racing Association, who uh, are the governing body in Northern Ireland and Motorcycling Ireland, the governing body, of course, in the in Southern Ireland. But as well as that, uh, we'd like to very much thank Jimmy Jones of Jimmy Jones uh, Plantar. We'd like to thank Gilchrist Plantar. I think I know the owner of that particular company. To Nigel and Leanne Dillon of LDG uh, Lloyd's uh, Datum Group. A big thanks to Nigel and Leanne, to Quad Racing Ireland, to EMK Kitchens, that's Owen Carlin, a quad competitor himself, to KT Caravans and Jody Kingham, a former quad competitor, to Northern Excavators, a big thanks to them, to Lee Butler of uh, BRP Imports for all of the race gear supplied, and uh, boy did they look well uh, over in France for uh, the uh, representing Team Ireland. Then MX Line for the uh, t-shirts and the jackets, to the, the Northern Ireland Sidecar Supporters Club, to JNL Race Prep, that's uh, uh, Johnny and 
Louise and uh, to Quads Bikes Are Us from Kerry. To all those just mentioned, all the personal sponsors, we can't thank you enough for your help and your support. And with your help and support, of course, that uh, that helped us to uh, bring back the team. And also to FXR, to FXR Riding Gear. Thank you very much to FXR Riding Gear for all of your support to bring the European Quad of Nations title back home to Ireland. <coughs> this year was a little bit different then because unlike other years, uh, you probably put all the machines uh, into a, a vehicle and transported it to wherever in this year that happens to be France. But with COVID and uh, with all the uh, regulations and uh, also these new carnet after we've had Brexit, uh, you travelled a little bit different. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about the, the journey starting off, uh, Dean, because basically you all had to travel over to France individually. Yeah, um, we sort of, once the team was selected by Gordy, um, Mark and Justin and myself, we sort of decided that France being as far away as it is, but it's still close enough that we could drive over, so we decided to take our own trucks. Uh, we left on the Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, we got the boat from Dublin straight to Cherbourg in France. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, travelled down to... Uh, French rider Anton Charlon. Mark was good enough to secure the track for us to do a day's practicing. And f- then from there, we just headed down towards the track. Mark had us stopping in every single service station in France. <laughs> every five mile, we were stopped. Mark needed a coffee, then he needed a bottle of water. <laughs> it was driving me mental, but we got there in the end. But yeah, I know traveling i think it was nice as well i enjoyed i know definitely i enjoyed having my own truck and you know where everything is as good as it is for the team to take the gordy's trailer over and everything's together when it's close enough i think that we can drive our own trucks out it does make a difference you feel more comfortable you have your own space but yeah the trip over it was it was relaxing it was good fun the atmosphere was was sort of from the start from we left, the atmosphere was just building and building, like everybody was coming together. It was perfect in my eyes. And as far as the travelling, uh, Justin, obviously with the COVID regulations, was that was that an issue for you? Because uh, obviously you have to make sure you have all your, your, your jabs and all your vaccinations. And did that pose a problem at all or was it a worry to start with? Um, not really. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. We, no, I mean... I think most uh, most people that were travelling were all vaccinated and so on, so it was just a question. I mean, it is it was quite straightforward. It wasn't there was there was a bit of working it out. Um, yeah. Coming home was actually turned out to be more of an issue mm. than going, simply because the rules changed literally half an hour before we were due to get, yeah. to get our boat home or our train home. So uh, so that did cause a bit of an issue. We had to wait for a couple of hours to get all that sorted out, but. Um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a minefield with the regulations, but we we, we got there in the end. Um, quite straightforward once we got to the event, but uh, as I say, um, coming home was a bit of a different story, but thankfully the, the pressure was off anyway. Absolutely. And and Mark, uh, obviously you then had to make, what, 100 stops on the, on the way there, so, <laughs> so your journey was quite uh, quite different to everybody else's, or maybe it wasn't because they had to stop as well. Yeah, definitely. They, they just seemed to follow me, so... <laughs> um, oh, the stopping for... I, I quite enjoy stopping, getting a coffee, and it 
we sort of it made the journey probably long, but. Yeah. I think it maybe helps that it wound Dean up a bit too. <laughs> <laughs> they, were doing it, they were doing it just to annoy me in the end as well. <laughs> maybe, maybe with the benefit of hindsight, the fact that you all did travel separately because in other years you would have traveled, you would have picked up hire cars, you would have stayed in a hotel. And in many ways that still keeps you separated a little bit. But this time because you were all in your own trucks, you were all in the paddock, you were there all at the same time. Maybe did that some way help to build the, the team spirit? Yeah, definitely. Like, if we were even heading down the motorway on the way there, and I had a blowout in the back of my truck, and it was like a Formula One pit stop. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody jumped out and got it sorted, and we headed on. And then when you got to the event itself and, and parked up, I'm assuming you were in some sort of a, a yeah. semicircle or something, and that just maybe no, focused the whole, the whole attention. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it, it seems like a great idea staying in a hotel and so on, but once you're actually at the event... It's great to just be there, to be able to eat when you want to eat, to be able to grab a bottle of water when you want a bottle without having to worry about shopping and so on. Everything's there. Everything's in the camper. You can work to the timetable. You're not worried about somebody being late or missing practice or missing or, you know, all those sorts of things. It's it's always an advantage, I think, to, to be there all the time. And Dean, I think it was you maybe mentioned it in your, your uh, introduction there that it, it was almost like being at home because, uh, uh, as uh, Justin and Marcus said, you could you could just do your own thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. The way we had parked as well, it felt like we were, we were on top of each other, but we all had our own awning night, so you had your own space as well. And just sort of the family atmosphere around the our Team Ireland pits the whole weekend, it was just, I've never... Like in in Germany, twenty nineteen, my first time at the Nations, I experienced the way everybody comes together. Even this is pre COVID, so there was more supporters there as well. And the way everybody's rooting for you, it was incredible. But this year, especially, I think it helps a lot as well that Justin, Mark, and I we we're good friends as well yeah. off the track, even back here when we we're racing. Um, so yeah, it was incredible, and on the. We had together most nights, but I think it was the Saturday night, wasn't it? Mark and uh, my mum basically cooked everybody a barbecue, and we all had together, and it was sort of just with the calm before the storm. The race yep. was the next day, and probably the perfect way to get us ready for it. All those little things just, just helped to, to build, a, to build a, a team spirit. So you've been selected to race for uh, Team Ireland at the European Quad Cross of Nations. You've got a little bit of support from the governing bodies, maybe they would say a lot of support. You've got outside assistance, but that's only a little part of it because you all race your own machines. And I wonder, could you give us uh, some idea of the build-up for you? Because obviously when you go to an event like that, the equipment is very much, very uh, all important, and you want to make sure that you have the right equipment, but that must cost a lot of money, a lot of time, and a lot of effort. So, Justin, can you maybe kick us off and give us some idea of the preparation required? Yeah, no, it, it's, it certainly does. It's, uh, it's a big commitment, and, of course, because it's a team event, you don't want to let anybody down. So the way I treat it is I, I basically rebuild the bike from top to bottom yeah. for that event as if it's a new build for a new season. Yes. Um, it... Uh, the way it worked out this year, with with it being so wet and so on, I would say we've, we've probably all three of us have destroyed an engine, <laughs> um, it, just because of the conditions. But it it had it had to be done. You know, I mean, I started 
yeah, it was a new engine for that event, and uh, probably after 15 minutes, it's it probably needs refreshed again. But uh, I think that's there's just there's so much on the line that you'd you'd be so disappointed if you went there and had a stupid mechanical failure with going so far and getting sponsors and so on. There's the there's a lot riding on it. So. In terms of cost, Mark, is there any way, and maybe you don't want to, but is there any way you can put a figure on that? Because I think it's only right that um, uh, folks would know that while you are selected and racing for Team Ireland, still that uh, that costs you personally quite a quite a bit of money. Oh, definitely. There's thousands of pounds going to. Um, I I couldn't to put a figure on it. It would be very difficult, and yeah. um, especially this year, like I took pretty much a brand new quad there and. What I brought home <laughs> doesn't look very nice at all, but and like I my the quote I rode it belongs to David Ray, and he builds like the the best bike possible, and I have to thank him for that. But, but the work that he put into my my bike for that um, weekend was like the, it was crazy, and the hours and hours and hours that he spends doing that. Um, and I literally wheeled back a, a bike that looks as if it's done the Dakar. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's it, it's all getting a gold medal at the end of it sort of makes it worthwhile. And um, you just have to hope that, like, sort of the sponsors and everything, money covers some of it. Yeah, so yeah. Big, big personal expense, and Dean, I know as far as your good self is concerned, it's, a, it's very much a family affair as, as far as machines and, and preparation, and I'm sure you'll echo some of the sentiments of uh, Justin and Mark that uh, it can be expensive, but hopefully at the end, it's with a gold medal, as Mark has just said, it's, it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, lucky enough, my mum and dad are good enough to have been able to put me in the position with bikes and machines to get to this stage, but... Yeah, I would say, no, I don't want to say it's a problem, but I, from the start of the year, I rebuild my bikes and have them as fresh as possible for going through the year, but I just do every race, whatever's going, I'll be there racing. I just love yeah. love racing every weekend, so bikes obviously get tireder and tireder through the year, and then as Justin said, the last thing I want to do is be picked by Gordy to go represent Team Ireland and then have a mechanical failure at the Nations. Yeah. So then it's trying to balance having your bikes fresh to go to the nations but not let it take an effect on my racing yeah. that's still going on, say, in the Ulster Championship or the British Championship. Fair comment, yeah. So I would say 2019, when I first got selected, I did fall victim of that. The, there was a round of the Ulster before the nations and I had an engine failure in the Ulster Championship trying to keep stuff fresher for the nations of course but this year i think i've got it sort of bang on trying to find the right balance between the two and talking about machines and equipment justin and maybe i could direct this to you simply because i've known you longer and you've been racing <laughs> a lot longer than uh, some of the other guys but how the machines have changed over the year when i first over the years for when i first got to knew you the thing to have was a 350 twin cylinder two-stroke yamaha banshee <laughs> and i can as i mentioned that word banshee i can still hear the noise <laughs> in, in my ears but now of course it's quite different it's a uh, single cylinder four strokes with all the electronics and yeah. such a, a degree uh, that suspension and things have moved on now 
now. It's a, it's a really, really technical sport. It is indeed. And I mean, all three of us were riding what we call hybrids, which is a... Um, it's basically a quad with an engine out of a solo in it. So, so we use the solo engine just because they're that bit more developed than quads. Um, so, yeah, it, um, things have moved on, there's no doubt. Yeah. And, and probably quite good that they have. I was just discussing with, um, with, with Dean the other night at the prize giving that because the conditions were so bad in the second two races mm-hmm. and there was so much standing water, if those had been carbureted bikes, they probably wouldn't have yeah. finished. Yep. Um, but, but but the fact that they're now fuel injected, um, well, it just sucks it through. Yep. It's just not great for the engine, but at least it, it at least you keep going. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's um, no things have definitely moved on. Um, it's a just a progression in sport and equipment, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you've 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 set off. You've arrived in, in, in France and you start your journey uh, down towards the uh, event. But uh, I think Mark, you had organised a practice session somewhere before uh, you you got to the event. So tell us tell us a little bit about that. And maybe the question I would ask is, how did that help also to maybe formulate a, a team spirit? Because you, all three of you you all raced together, but this was a different ball game. You were out practicing as a team. Yeah, for sure. Um Sort of probably a week or so before we went, we left for the event. I had sort of said that leaving on a Tuesday that I had missed getting out for like a, uh, any practice the weekend before, and I thought after sitting on the boat for twenty hours or whatever, it's um, going to do a bit of riding, sort of um, just loosen the body out, and also just even gives you a bit more of a feel back on the bike and yes. um, I messaged a couple of guys in France and um, Antoine Charlon was good enough to offer his track and um, he actually invited us to his restaurant and everything the night before but we we'd, pity we didn't make it there in time but Mark stopped at too many filling stations on the way there. Oh, <laughs> ran out of time. No. I, think. Yeah. I think it might have been the blowout. I think the blowout and the traffic around Paris maybe yeah. um, ruined our chances of getting to sample his restaurant. And, um, and as far as that practice, did, did that help? Uh, because I, I wasn't at the event, so I wasn't sure of the terrain. Maybe you could explain to us, is it hard packed? Is it sand? Is it, is it slippery? Did that help? Uh, the practice track and then going to the event was that a bit of a help to guide you in? Yeah, the terrain wasn't really the same. It was it was similar in that there were big hills and big jumps and transitions and things like that. But the the actual texture of the compo- uh, composition of the ground was different. Um, the race itself was quite it's quite strange. It's almost like gritty sand, quite right. very 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 coarse sand. But it comes down to a very hard base, so it's not sand. It's not deep sand by any means, but but you do get berms sort of pushed up as well. But I think the biggest benefit was, as Mark said, we hadn't been riding, you know, for a week or so, so it was good to get riding. It gave my new bike effectively a shakedown, which I hadn't ridden before, or what which I hadn't ridden since it was built. Um, and not only that, it's a long time since we've probably turned up at a new track where you've never ridden it before and had of to course. learn it. Of course. Which is kind of the same as turning up at the at the nation's track and having to learn it quite quickly because you don't get that much track time before you're out actually racing. So it was good to, to get your eye in and, and have to learn somewhere quickly again yeah. because there were some huge jumps in the practice track. Um, <laughs> actually to the point where 
<laughs> we'd sort of stopped after the first lap and it was like, we don't should, really, we sh- don't, should we really do this? We don't really need to be doing this jump. <laughs> and of course, five minutes later, I turned around and Mark's sailing over it. So then <laughs> everybody had to do it. You know? so, but, uh, but yeah, it, I, I think that was uh, the big benefit that, that it just uh, just helped sharpen us up a little bit again because you get a bit uh, complacent probably riding the same tracks every every other week. So, so the, the initial shakedown is over and you, you all arrive at the at the venue and get parked up and uh, all of a sudden it's Saturday morning and uh, practice practice awaits. What sort of length of, of practice, uh, Dean, do you get? Because as Justin has just illustrated, you're learning a brand new track, a whole new set of circumstances are in front of you and then a, a few hours' time, you're going to be trying to qualify. Tell us what it's like heading out in practice for the first time. Yeah, um, on the Saturday morning, or Friday evening, sorry, I took a look at the track, walked around, and sort of just familiarised myself with what it was going to be riding the next day. So I knew a bit of what to expect, but as a track will always ride different than what it looks like. But... Um, maybe Justin will remember better how much free practice you get. It's half, <coughs> half an hour. Half an hour yeah. free practice. And my mentality with that was just do as many laps as I could to learn the track. Um, I've obviously never rode that track. And as Justin said, I've, it's not very often just the way things are at the minute that we do go to a new track. So trying to remember jumps, corners was quite difficult. But I felt after the 30 minutes that it was fine. I was enjoying it. I enjoyed the track. Comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. And and, and Justin, uh, what sort of a track was it uh, for the event itself? You mentioned the the practice track, but but is there any comparison yeah. to anything well, we race here? It's it's a it's a valley. It's on a very steep valley, and it's a sort of natural amphitheater. It's a it's a it's one of those tracks that quite tight. Um, it's quite difficult to get all the jumps just right. So you're you spend a lot of the time just working with the obstacles and and the danger with that is that you can end up just following people and you're not actually racing them you're just trying to get around the track clean um so it's uh yeah i think we sort of made the decision quite early that we do all as much practice as possible to to get as comfortable as possible so that you can actually push and and race when you're when you finally get racing instead of just yeah. Riding around, you know. So, and, and Mark, what, what, what were your thoughts initially? You're the current Ulster and British champion. How did you fit into the, to the surroundings over there in, in central France early on in practice? Yeah, um, uh, me and Justin actually we walked the track and took his ba- baby runs um, <laughs> in the pram. So, um, I think that was harder work. Nearly, <laughs> um, yeah. that was al- almost harder work than actually riding the track on the quad, but um. Yeah, we 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 all I think we followed each other for probably mm. the first ten minutes of free practice and got I had rode there I believe in two thousand and fifteen or sixteen. Six, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The so I sort of got onto the way of the track again pretty fast and but yeah, it was really good and I actually really enjoyed the track because um, being quite jumpy and stuff, it kept you interested for the duration of the races. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. 
So practice is over, and uh, all of a sudden you're you're straight into qualifying, and of course qualifying can be vitally important for for the team for for many reasons. Not only psychologically you want to do well, but also it helps with gate uh, positions and things like that. Dean, for you, how did your first qualifying go, or your qualifying race go? Yeah, so being the sea rider, I was the third race. Um, my race uh, was quite heavily stacked. I thought with some of the all every rider's good that goes <laughs> some to of the, the real nations. quick ones. Yeah, some <laughs> of the real quick ones. You can say that. So I was I was pretty nervous. I'll not lie for my race, but yeah, I got going um, and just worked my way through. I think I ended up finishing sixth. Which was I knew that was a good enough result to get us a decent Saturday. Doesn't really matter, as I've been to the nations plenty of times and seen Mark and Justin and ex Team Ireland riders maybe win on the Saturday. Sure. And on Sunday it maybe all falls apart, so you don't get anything for Saturday. So nope. the mentality was just get a load of laps in, learn the track, and save your machine for the Sunday. And Justin, what are, what were your thoughts then on your qualifying? Because you're obviously separated in different in different races. So uh, I'm I'm hesitating a little bit because I know a little bit about what the answer is going to be here. Yeah, no, it um, heartbreak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Dean, uh, Dean had to, Dean did very well. His actually because what he admitted there was the fact that after my race he had to get a finish because because we ended up dropping my score. Um, at the beginning, it went very well, and I was—I I got the whole shot and was controlling the race quite well. Um, but unfortunately, I led every lap except the one that mattered because the bike blew up a sort of lap and a half from home. So, uh, and I mean, further to what we were saying earlier, I'd been through the engine. Everything was, you know, everything was done. Everything was right. The I've since since I've got home, I've had a look at it, and the the Conrad Brook, which was a very unusual that's, um, that's absolutely major yeah yeah absolutely so uh, so yeah one of those things I mean it was it was gutting because I was I was joking with uh, with Dean earlier I was like I'm, go- I'm gonna win one of these races this weekend yes. and <laughs> it almost looked like a, a uh, almost there that, <laughs> but, uh, but in, yeah. in many ways then if this is the right way to look at was that almost a benefit in disguise because oh. had you gone into with Sunday's races with a machine that a was about to break a Conrad, that could have been absolutely catastrophic. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, some of these things you just can't you you just can't foresee. I mean, there were there, there were only you know there weren't many hours on the engine it was supposed to do another thirty or forty, and uh, it yeah it was. One hundred percent better that it happened on Saturday yeah. than uh, than Sunday, but we it gave us a bit of work to do on Saturday night. That's I was for about sure, to say you wouldn't uh, have much. You wouldn't <laughs> have had a barbecue on Saturday night. I don't think there was well, spanners. Still have it. Yeah, no, no did. <laughs> you spannered and Mark Mark couldn't. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, Tommy Tommy Muldoon that's helped me out for years was there. So we uh, we made the decision quite early that we weren't going to ride the spare bike. So we pulled the engine out of the spare bike. Um, Actually took the head off it, put a new piston in it, put another new head on it, and then put it into the race bike. So it oh, was, uh, yeah. So there was a. We just decided that the the start straight was quite long, and 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 market proof. You know, if you have a quick bike, that if you can get away at the start, yeah. it makes a big difference. So we just thought that the little bit of horsepower would help, and um, 
and it worked out. So yeah, I suppose all that hard work, while it was uh, annoying on the Saturday night, uh, eventually, as the story will will, will unfold, it mm-hmm. it was well worth it. Definitely. Mark, about qualifying for your good self, how did how did you find qualifying then? Yeah, I had uh, actually a really good race. They, I sort of got the start and I got a gap and sort of just kept going and uh, I, I won my race. So I was just about happened. to say, go ahead and tell us you won it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just tell us you won it. Won, <laughs> won it by about 25 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it was, it was good, you know, and um, I think the riders behind were all battling, so I think it sort of made it like, very easy for me because I just seemed to get further and further ahead, but it was good. Well, that's uh, that's good. We've got practice over. We've got qualifying over. Uh, we got a bit of sleep. Justin got a little bit of sleep compared to <laughs> some of the rest of us, but uh, or the rest of them. But uh, Saturday Sunday morning arrives and it's race day. And uh, if I'm right, there are three races. You race in two races, and uh, uh, then those are, are mixed up amongst the team. So race number one, from what I've gathered from you, was as was Saturday a good weather. Race number one on Sunday was good weather, and then it all changed. But for those racing in race number one, first of all, Justin, how did your race go? Yeah, I had, a, had quite a good race. Um, we decided the wet works, as, as you've said, there are two riders from... from um, each country go into uh, go into each race, and I suppose strictly it was one rider starts on the front row, one rider starts in the back row. Um, that was probably Mark's front row start, to be honest. But he had yes. he had given that to me um, because I mean, if you've seen the way Mark has come through the field sometimes this year, we just decided that he. <laughs> um, he was the man. He yep. was the man for that. I mean, the way the point scoring works is you're you're better getting those places from 10th to 5th rather than fighting over 1st and 2nd. You know, it, it, it just makes more sense. So so I got away and, and got a pretty good start in the end. Um, in the top sort of five or so. Um, but about halfway, Mark had come around the outside of everybody. and, um, and So, so and he did come up through the field then? He, he did come <laughs> up through the field. And... I uh, I came together with one of the other guys, sort of on the first lap. There was a tight corner down before the work area, and I did the same move the last time we were there in 2016, and it had worked. So I thought I'd have another go at it. It's the first lap, this sort of the only time you get an opportunity when the field stacked up. So I just stuffed it up the inside. Um, actually stalled on the inside of the corner, but was holding everybody up. Mark had chosen to go around the outside at that point past all of us, <laughs> pulled in in front of me just as I got the bike going, and I pulled in behind him. So we were we were riding around together and sort of fourth or fifth at that point. So it was uh, it worked out well. Um, later in the race, the, we, we, there were a few issues, but uh, but um, Mark had pushed over the berm. But from a team perspective, we just swapped places, so it didn't really have a big effect um, on the overall result. But uh, it just left me. I, I finished third, so it was. Uh, I was happy with that. Yeah, you ended up in in, in, in third and, and Mark in, in fifth, so that was a, in eight points, and that was a really, really good start because to get away on the Quad of Nations, the European Quad of Nations, and record that first low score, yep. that must give you a bit of a, a bit of a lift. And, and Mark, your, your, your race, uh, almost Justin has described your race for us, but uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll, let you, we'll let you put it into your, into your own words. Yeah, definitely. I, in some ways, I don't really know how I got such a good start, but I think halfway up the start straight, I actually braked. I went off to mer- and turned right and sort of tried to go around the outside and um, I just sort of kept 
kept it lit the whole way up the <laughs> hill and um, sort of come down into the tight right and thought I just went sort of for the gamble of going around the outside because everybody sort of goes nearly single file for the tight hairpin right and um, as it, the gamble worked out and just on a block the, everybody on the inside and I got round outside and um, but uh, I don't know I sort of ran out of energy about halfway through the race and I was goosed <laughs> um, they were long races I mean they were they were over half an hour so yeah that's uh, uh, that's that, that's tough and people don't realize but quads compared to motocross bikes you know they're a substantial piece of equipment and uh, even to pass and for you to come up through the field that uh, mark is quite a quite an achievement because not easy to to pass on a, on a track particularly one that has maybe got a lot of lines already already in it no I think that's I, I wasted probably quite a lot of energy I think at the start trying to fight the to get the the lead, really, um, I sort of wasted far too much energy, sort of pan- like trying to battle for second, and um, it, it it worked out, and you know a fifth place, I was happy with that. And, you know, was, um, I seen the Italian rider actually come down the inside of me and uh, into one of the tight corners, and I, I'd seen. I, I sort of kn- knowing the rider that it was, it was better to go for the top of the berm. <laughs> so, um, and then you and Justin effectively swap swap places. Really, mm, yep. yeah. So, Dean, your first race then was race number two. You'd already watched these guys uh, recording an eight point finish, and uh, then Justin, you were on race number two as well. At this point in the proceedings, things weather wise had had changed quite quite significantly, Dean. Yeah. So. The two other boys here, they had a, obviously their first race was dry. Then I think the sidecars might have just been on the track and it started raining. And when it started raining, it started raining. Um, but I'd sort of said to myself, it's going to be wet, so just deal with it type thing. Didn't look at the track at all. Just thought, let's just work with it whenever I have to. Um, went around the... That was fine. Uh, Justin and I had made the decision that... So Justin rode the first race and he was in the second race as well. So we put him on the front row again because I was slight, I was fresher. I hadn't raced yet of course. to work through the pack f- from a second row start. Um, so second row start wasn't as good as Mark's, but it was it was fine. I was I was working with it. Um, went around the first corner and there's a pond in the second corner <laughs> of water. So I knew I just kept a cool head and thought I just I knew that I know this is going to be survival yeah look after myself look after the bike just keep moving um it felt like the race itself felt like it was about two hours it <laughs> felt like it was I think it was because we were going so slow because it was so wet but um I actually had a fall I fell off just after the uh, pit area then went up to the top of the hill and my bike stopped and kicking and kicking trying to get it going and I just about give up kicking I thought this thing's not going to start and then I thought to myself I'm not getting off this track until someone tells me you've run out of time stop trying to start the bike so kicking 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 then the bike give one like little blip as if like I'm going to start so that give me more energy again eventually it fired up and I got finished Um, although looking back now that was the race we dropped anyway but it's important that you need to finish every single race that you can. Um, I think I was running eighth before I fell off and finished fifteenth. So our worst, re- our worst result on the weekend. But at least we got a result. 
absolutely. And and yeah. Justin, uh, in that race, I think you ended up in 11th position. And yeah. at that point then, we're looking at, at, at 19 points. And maybe we'll, we'll talk to Gordon in a moment or two, because I know you have individual scores as far as screens are concerned, but mm-hmm. you also have a, an individual team score. And at that point, were you, were you really still knowing that this is on, this is yeah. on, this is a possibility? Well, I mean, as Dean said, we... <laughs> We knew it was going to be wet. Um, in retrospect, it probably we chose we chose not to do the siding lap, um, which may have been a mistake. Um, it was wet. It was very wet. There was a lot of standing water. I, I knew it was going to be wet. I didn't know there were going to be puddles, you know, as big as there were, um, practically across the entire track. So right. um, I got buried. I went completely sideways off the start, and I watching the videos and things afterwards i'm surprised i got away with it but i think somebody just knocked me back into line halfway up but you couldn't see a thing there was so much water and spray so we got about halfway around the first track and actually saw some guy that had been in one of the puddles going off one of the jumps backwards so uh, cause, you know, it was, uh it was Th- these aren't puddles justin these are these, no, these, are, deep, these, these are deep these ruts ten, are full of water d- these yeah. were 10 inch deep puddles oh you know goodness. it was uh it was you rode into them the bike like nearly swapped ends it was uh so so I got I got halfway around the first lap, went into one of these puddles, fell off, was upside down, kill switch out, and from being third in the first race, I'm thinking, this is not going well now. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, uh, let's start again. Yeah, but <laughs> but because the races are sort of half hour long, I knew that I knew that there were going to be casualties. You yeah. know, people weren't going to finish, so it was just like just just get on and keep going. Yeah. So I'd thrown the I'd thrown the goggles off halfway around the first lap, um, and it's like there was driving rain, so it was hard to see. Even it was it was getting into your eyes without the mud and so on. And uh, I got about halfway around. I, s- I sort of thought there was no point in stopping for more goggles because mm. they're only going to be scrapped within a lap anyway. Yes. Um, but uh, but it got to the point where I just couldn't see. I just the, my eyes were full of mud. It was going so slow that. Um, I knew I wasn't making any more headway, so so I, I stopped to get my eyes washed out, got another pair of goggles, and just wished I'd done it five laps earlier yeah. because it made it made such a difference. I think I went, I passed five people in the last lap and a half. So five uh, five so five points. Five, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I know Dean's saying that we we didn't take his score, you know, for that time, but he it was still a good finish because if if. Either of them had a problem in the last race. That could have been we, the score you needed. Won with that score, Absolutely. so it's yeah. Uh, yeah. And Mark, then you were you were out in, in, in race three again, and from what I know of the the results along with uh, along with Dean, uh, that meant another eleven points at the end. I'll let you talk us through it, but that. That that last race and the live timing and all that was going on, a lot of pressure on a lot of pressure on on, on both of you to to come home with as low a scores as you could possibly record. Yeah, definitely. You know, like the last race, uh, it was a bit like me and Justin in the first race. Um, Dean gave me his front row start. Um, and it was awful nice of him because me and Dad didn't get us dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and at this point, the, the track conditions had, had worsened even more. The You probably would have thought so, but the amount of water actually that fell on the track, it nearly washed the track clean. Yeah. So actually the rain overhead during our race, I think, eased quite a bit. Um, and after a few laps, there was actually a couple of dry lines on the insides of some of the corners. There was lots of still puddles, but some of the puddles had nearly washed the berms away that was holding them and 
the track actually probably become drier. Right. Um, so I my in my race I got actually hole shot the race by quite a bit and um, led the first lap and I actually used a line that the guys were using on all the races previous, but it turned out to be a, a mistake. So um, I put me in the second and then I got stuck on a berm. I had to turn up the track and um, drive down the track the opposite way, turn around and come back. And I think that dropped me to like sixth or seventh at one stage, and then I kept sort of just kept going. And um, you could feel the bike like cutting out in places because of the amount of water it sucked in. Um, sort of kept going, and I ended up third. So it was I had a good race. That 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 was a good race, and and, and Dane, for you, I, I don't want to uh, uh, take uh, steal your thunder, but um, you recorded an excellent uh, eighth position. So with the third and the eighth, that was another eleven points, and we'll come to Gordon in just a second. That that really helped to seal the whole deal. Yeah, um, going into the last race, we knew we were just ahead in the overall. Um, so Mark and myself done enough just to secure that. Um, Myself and my own race, I felt like I, I actually enjoyed the race. I was having fun riding around. Terrible start. I'm, I was well down, maybe four from the back. So it was just work the whole time. Um, and by the end, I was just passing, just getting through people, yeah. cutting left and right through people. Um, and yeah, finished eighth at the flag. It was sort of just keep the bike going. Keep me going. Don't crash this time, and don't let the bike stall. <laughs> don't, um, but yeah, I had to change machine after the first race because the bike sucked in water from the previous wet race. So we were rushing around getting everything sorted. But yeah, it worked out in the end. I had a good ride. I was more than happy with eighth. I knew Mark was going to go and do a job and put us top three. I knew he was well capable of that. So I just needed to get us inside the top ten and bring it home. Gordon, as, as team manager at this point, uh, race one is done and dusted, race two is done a little bit wetter and dusted, and uh, halfway through race one, you're, you're watching the individual scores, you're watching the guys on the track, you're watching the team scores. What, uh, what goes through a team manager's head at that point in proceedings? Well, they're crossing the checkered flag. is <laughs> 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 all you worry about, and then whenever in the second race that Dean coped in front of us, I says... Pull my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> I but thought this was it over. Whenever he got her up, he couldn't get her going. Then he got her going. He got the next corner and she quit again. And, and I could see the boys coming out to push this bike off the track. And I said to myself, ah, this is over. Yeah. And the next thing was, he was riding off. And I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And that's critically important in a team event. Yep. Finishes, you just never know what's going to happen in the next race, and that, that very finish could be the one that, that makes such a difference. Well, I didn't expect us even to be inside the top 20 with that, and I couldn't believe that we're 15th. Yeah, because so many of our people had quit. Watching Dean and, and, and Mark in the, in the last race, and as it comes to the last few laps, and I know you've already said you're keeping everything crossed and just looking for that checkered flag. But at that point, surely there must be a, a thought goes through your mind that um, we, we, we just might win this thing. That was in my mind, but whenever you were looking at the, the time board, all you were just looking to see had the past, had the past, yeah. had the past. 
and then whenever it comes to the end, you've seen they've passed, and the board was good because it was telling you what position we were in. Of course. For by the time of the the race, it told you what position we were in every time, and I could see we were in first, we were in first, we were in first, and I was going, brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> just finished. Yeah, just, just, just finished. Just finished. Just finished. The checkered flag goes out, and the board... Flashes that we're number Team one. Ireland are number one. Uh, Justin, you've been involved in many events over many years, mm-hmm. quad cross, uh, all the other different branches of the sport that you've uh, you've you've tackled. You've achieved many things. You've won multi Ulster and Irish titles, British championships. Where does this all stack? Oh, I mean, it's special. Like as Mark said earlier, an FIM gold medal is is not something you get every day. So it's. Uh, We've we've been there, you know, we've been there or thereabouts for a number of years now, for probably since 2013 or mm. 14, 15. Um, the guys have won races, uh, we've won qualifying races, we've qualified on pool. Um, it just hasn't all quite come together yet until yeah. until this time. Um, the the last number of years, America have been there, and they're they're going to be difficult to beat. They're always going to be. They're professional. They're absolutely ultimate professionals. We work during the day, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, even some of the other countries have have guys that are pro or near as damn it. But uh, I think um, over the last four events, we've been on the podium every time. So it was. Uh, if America hadn't have been in Ger- in Denmark, we would have won there effectively. Yeah. So yeah. so it it's uh, yeah it it it's it's special. And Mark, Mark, for you, you uh, a bit like Justin, only maybe not just quite so many years, but <laughs> you've been doing crawl cross for many years and have achieved all sorts of things, and you have been on the podium a number of times at uh, at, at this type of event. But this year it was different because uh, this year it wasn't step number two or step number three; it was the top step number one. That's exactly it's yeah, I was like. Sort of probably looking back more now, you probably smile more. I probably smile yeah. more looking back at it than I did th- at the time. Yeah, going going into the event in many ways, Team Ireland would have been considered, if not the favourite, one of the favourites perhaps. But you're up against a, a tremendous uh, amount of opposition. I mean, uh, the home team France are are, yeah. are most of them, I would imagine, are professional quad racers, so they surely must have been uh, there and thereabouts. Uh, Denmark, uh, Italy, who finished second, uh, Great Britain, uh, or, or, and you race against the, the guys from Great Britain uh, a lot during the season, and they must have been right up there. So not to put too fine a point on it, um, Team Ireland with a, a, a three riders who are not and can't be because of the setup uh, professional really did, really did do something extra special. Well, it's. I guess we, we, yeah, we're maybe a little blasé about it because we because we have been so close before, and uh, well, certainly speaking speaking personally, um, it was almost a relief to win um, in some respects uh, because, especially after leading from the beginning and and having had a good showing in qualifying, we sort of felt that. It, it was that you know it in some ways it was ours to be taken now the 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 rain is is definitely uh was a factor that you can't control and yeah. and if if those 
any of those bikes could have stopped at any time. My bike, like in that wet race, my mine did stop twice, but it started again, mm. thankfully, more or less straight away. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a relief that that we got it sort of across the line. But it, maybe maybe that's doing an injustice, you know, because we got those bikes across the line exactly. You know, so. Exactly. Uh, and and that maybe just took a bit of riding smart for a while and not uh like if if i think after the second race we were still leading the event overall by a point or two points or one point if you dropped a race or something like that so is is that an added pressure when you know that you're actually in the lead of the whole event with one final race to go i was amazed that we were still leading after you know we we hadn't had a great second race um with between like stopping one thing and another, so it uh, like we'd both fallen off, you know. <laughs> so, so I think we were still amazed to be leading, and then we kind of knew it was always like the, the the conditions were horrendous. It was it was really raining hard, and we thought kind of knew they weren't going to stop it unless there was something, you know, <laughs> yeah, unless there was fog or something like that. So. Um, <coughs> So we knew it was going to run, and and I was done at that point. So it was up to Dean and, and Mark. Um, but I knew they were, you know. It didn't really change anything, though. Knowing we were two point, I don't think it did anyway because I don't think the you three could lose it just as the three riders we are like. If there's one point in it, probably still not going to take a risk that could ca- yeah. cause a big crash. Or so it was. It was just going to. We're two points in the lead, but just go and do what you were going to do anyway, type thing. Mm. That's the way I was looking at it anyway. And then if it works out, it works out. In normal races, you're racing each other, so the thing is to pass. But in a team event, it's, it, it, it takes a different psyche because you're riding as a team and, and that extra pass that might cause some problems could also cause the team mm-hmm. a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that the way you would look at it going in yeah, as a team? Okay, absolutely. I mean, if you're not... Um there needs to be a bit of communication because I'm certainly not going to try and pass Mark or Dean if there's nobody else in front that could be passed, you know, but if you felt, if at the same time I felt that it was yep. holding Mark or Dean up, I'd let them pass and see if you could go with them or, uh, so, but yeah, it's uh, the way it worked out, we were, well, I was going to say we, w- we were on the same part of the track for quite a while in the first race, but, but Mark was going forward and I was just trying to go through with him, yep. but uh, yeah. Well, Dean, for you on the on the uh, Sunday, it was a special day. Obviously, particularly special. You got an FIM gold medal, but it also was your birthday. So uh, <laughs> that was a, an extra special birthday present for sure. Yeah, um, twenty nineteen, it fell on my birthday as well, and we obviously got the bronze medal back then. So I think as long as I'm in this team, it could be a good tradition to celebrate your birthday on the podium <laughs> at the Quad of Nations, but. Yeah, it was it was incredible. As Mark says, the it just further proves the point of the speed and talent that we have in this country with quad racing. Um I sort of feel like I've been lucky enough to my mum and dad have been so good to help me get to the stage where I am now, but I've had people pick me up along the way and show me things. Like David Ray, past Ulster champion, no one needs to remind you of his name in this country with quad racing, but he's basically showed me everything that you need to do to race at the, this level with these boys and against guys in, uh, at the Nations. Um, so the likes of him, 
uh, and just being able to, I don't know, it's it's quite hard to explain, but I just feel that maybe I would like to like maybe show people like looking back and try and bring the youth on and prove because I was a kid. I've told this story to more than one person this year. I remember being at home when I was say ten or eleven, pretending to be Mark McLernan on my push bike. Racing around the house with Ross, who was maybe say Justin Reed or whoever, and if I was doing that, I'm sure there's kids doing that now yeah. as us. So I think it's important as well to let the kids know that the talent is here, the speed is here in this country to keep pushing through, and then maybe someday you never know they could have a gold medal. How do you think that this Team Ireland uh, result will help to inspire and and potentially develop young young quad racing now because Again, I, I repeat it, and I make no apologies for it. This is the absolute pinnacle of the sport that uh, that you guys have just gone and won, Justin. I just, I, I kind of hope it's like something can come of it, as as Dean said, that um, we're we're actually holding a training day with uh, Quad Race in Ireland um, to try and encourage some of the kids along and and get some get some tips and uh, yeah, I think. I think obviously the future of the sport is with with, with kids joining and and um, and as as Dean said as well. I mean the the, the depth that there ha- there has been good talent here. I mean going mm-hmm. back through the years, I've ridden in a few more nations with with various team members from David Cowan to Michael McEnany to Dean Calhoun, Leon Rogers. They're of all course. they were all quick guys. Absolutely. You know, um, and the chips could have fallen differently, you know, at any of these events. But uh, I think um, no, I th- I'd like to see. Certainly, um, I just hope it does encourage some people to uh, to go for it. And Mark, you and I spoke briefly about this the, the other night, but I'm sure you too uh, must uh, concur with Dean and uh, and Justin that that what you have done. And I know you can be a little bit modest <laughs> about about what you have uh, what you have achieved, but uh, surely this must must inspire young folks to try and be a, a Mark McLaren and a Justin Reid or a, or a Dean Dillon. Yeah, definitely. Like there's no there's no reason at all why the kids that are are there at the minute even can't continue to live the the trend that we've had the last four years on. Well, uh, unfortunately, we uh, have to bring this session to a close. We've probably gone a little bit longer than we had initially anticipated. It's It's been great just listening to all your comments and your experiences at this year's European Quad Cross of Nations, perhaps. We've uh, helped to make uh, the podcast uh, a little bit of a picture of what uh, you all experienced uh, out there in, in France. And uh, uh, a story, really tell the story of the Team Ireland at the Quad Cross of Nations. I'd like to, in closing, just sincerely thank a few people. Uh, I'd like to uh, thank Nigel, Nigel Dillon, Dean's dad, for the initial idea and interest and enthusiasm and commitment to this podcast and allow you guys all to tell the story of uh, Team uh, Team Ireland Squad Cross Achievement. And also would like to give a big thanks to uh, Anya Goss and uh, to Leanne Dillon for all their help in uh, organising all of the gear, the shirts, etc. And also the very important uh, uh, bookings for all the ferries, uh, etc. to get everybody across to France. To Anya and uh, Leanne, thank you so very much. 
and of course to to Gordon, to Justin, to Mark, and to Dean uh, for all your contributions uh, uh, throughout the uh, the few last few minutes. Uh, congratulations once more on a simply remarkable achievement. Uh, we really are all so very proud of uh, of what you have uh, have achieved and. Uh, I heard the other day a, a short saying that uh, it went something like turning the improbable into reality. Well, certainly I believe uh, Team Team Quad Ireland certainly did that uh, just uh, just a few weeks ago in, in 2021. So finally, to all those listening, we hope you found it interesting, uh, and perhaps until the next time, take care and uh, look after yourselves. Thanks a lot.